0: Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Year Starts Here. In fact, this is episode 158, and we've been asked by one of our listeners to do an episode on imposter syndrome. Nigel, I know you've got loads and loads to say on this one, right?
1: I love the idea. We're doing a subject on something I don't know about. So it's like, we're going to talk about something I don't know about. I'll have imposter syndrome about imposter syndrome. And hopefully by the end of it, I'll know what you're talking
0: about. All right. So, what is imposter syndrome? My understanding—I'm not looking this up in a dictionary or anything. Maybe you want to Google it. Say, maybe you want to Google it while I'm while I'm saying this, right? But go go
1: for a few minutes. But
0: you know, my my understanding of imposter syndrome is effectively when you feel like you're not good enough at the thing you're doing. When you feel a bit fake, when you feel like, you know, you're doing something to the best of your ability, but there's maybe other people in the room that already know more than you. So how can you teach someone, coach someone, educate someone when they know more than you already, right? Surely that makes you like a a fake, an imposter, a a pretense. That's my understanding of it. What have you got there on Google then?
1: Recognise self-doubt, make a note. Oh, hold on. No, no, hold on. Forget that. Forget that. Research has shown there is a relationship between imposter phenomenon and the following factors. don't oh, forget that. Okay, here we go. What is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as com- as competent as others perceive you to be. Whilst its definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it is linked to perfectionism, and it and the social context.
0: Oh, there you go. There I'm you sorry go.
1: Saying, but are you saying that when people are talking on a subject? or are working in a field of business that maybe they don't know as much as they think they know, or they think their clients may think they're an expert when they're not really. Yeah. Well, I
0: think it's, I think I actually think it goes a bit deeper than that. I think it's when people are an expert and they don't believe in themselves. That's my own, that's my own view of it. It's like, you know, I'll give you a simple example. If someone's invited me to come and speak on their stage on one of the subjects that I, you know, that I speak on, on a regular basis, And then I discover that, I don't know, maybe there's five people that I look up to in the audience that I know, no loads about this subject. And I'm thinking, who am I to go out there and talk about this thing in front of those people? Right. It's a bit like um, have you seen the the movie Rocketman, the, you know, the Elton John film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the bit where he's got like that gig at the Troubadour and he's told that like the Beach Boys and I think it's Bob Dylan and whoever else is in the audience. And he's like, I can't go out there and play in front of these people. Yeah, you know, it's it to me it's that. It's that there are people in this audience or in this room or in this team that I'm having to coach, mentor, lead that I think maybe know more than me. So who am I to tell them what to do? But here's my own view on imposter syndrome, okay? And I've heard a couple of other people say this too, so this isn't uniquely mine. Um, but here's my view. If you suffer from imposter syndrome sometime, good. Okay. And so- why is it good?
1: Does it mean you care
0: exactly that exactly that if you question your ability to help somebody else it doesn't mean you can't help that person it means you care enough to actually pay attention to can i help them whereas there are other people who are you know like super arrogant probably know way less than you that will walk out in front of that same audience group team whatever will talk to them for hours and it doesn't matter if they don't really know what they're talking about they don't care they're just there to make their own ego feel better and to feel like they're the expert and the guru and whatever. And actually, I think the majority of people that do speak to an audience question themselves sometimes, even if they've been doing it for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you know, their entire lifetime, or it's a subject that they've you know, been passionate about pretty much since birth. I think people still question themselves sometime, especially depending on who else is in the room.
1: Okay, so here's a real life example. So it might make we, we can work on it. Because whether you know or you remember, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I was in the Seychelles. Working yes, were. Working with 100 Iranian chief execs. Yes, you were. And I did three 90-minute sessions, and then I was asked to do an evening sunset meditation. And I didn't feel an integrity to run that session. And there was a couple of people there who were very good at meditation and there was another trainer who was involved who was a personal trainer and did a lot of that work. The last night there was an Iranian party which got very out of hand and, oh, my God, can they drink? But well, that's a separate issue. And the, th- the two people who'd been doing the morning sessions to, to date did not want to do a 7.30 meditation session. And me being me went, I'll do it.
0: Now, so, so, so what? So what you're saying is there was lots of drinking going on, and as the guy that doesn't drink, you went. I don't mind getting up early.
1: Yep. <laughs> I, I get up at seven thirty or get up at seven to get to the beach to prepare, etc. And I had downloaded and read and written some words. And what was really interesting is that there was a uh, hundred Iranians, and there was about of which about 30 spoke brilliant English, 50 didn't speak any English virtually, so they had headsets on, but there were four or five of the other trainers right in the front row who are sitting in their meditation with their own mats. And it's really interesting what you're just saying, is at no point in my mind did I think, I'm not good enough to do this. I knew that's not my genre, it's not my thing, and I'm not sure how quickly again I'll do it, but as you and I both talk a lot about, is about coming out of our comfort zones. If I had have gone to what you've just been saying, imposter syndrome mode, that I might be found out. And I've spoken at Cambridge. I've spoken in University of California. I've spoken at US uh, University of Santa Barbara. I've spoken at a lot of big venues where there's some phenomenally intelligent people. But the reason I've been invited is because I've got something to share. Yeah, I think using your language of imposter syndrome, if you're going in front of an audience and you haven't got anything to share, and you think you can wing it, that may be a different persona or a different issue. But I've I'd, I'd been asked to speak. I was part of the, the original uh, menu um, agenda to do it. I just felt I wasn't in integrity for an evening closure of this event. But I was willing to do something on the Thursday morning as a way of releasing the past, because that's what it was all about, this whole event. <laughs> and I did a great story about the beach and finding a path and on that path was a table and on that table there was a notebook the problem is you can imagine how fast i spoke and, uh, and they were supposed to be writing stuff down they're still there probably writing And <laughs> I've on a 12-hour flight but i didn't feel out of integrity which is what i think there's an issue about imposter syndrome and integrity in my humble opinion so i think for the person who asked the question and i'm really grateful they've asked the question and we'd love more questions to come to us if you're out of integrity and you don't know what you're talking about and you think you can wing it, don't. If you're worried that the audience, there will be someone there who knows more about it, I promise you there is. Because I don't know everything, but I know quite a bit. And the reason I'm invited to speak, and you, Neil, all over the country have been on this massive tour, the reason you've been invited is because you have something of value to share. Does it mean, you know, you're at the Space Space Center, yeah. I knew I'd get there in a minute. I'm sure there was someone there who knew more about the space world than you did. Probably Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But yeah. they weren't the people I was there for anyway because it was that an wasn't event your, for no. property surveyors. Yeah, but that
1: wasn't your <laughs> subject, is what I'm saying. You know, I've spoken, no. you know, to 400 doctors, to oncologists. I wasn't talking about cancer and colon cancer. I was talking about leadership and working with teams, yep. which I probably know as much, if not more than some of the audience. So I think we've got to decide... Is it imposter syndrome or I know sweet FA about that subject, but I'm prepared to wing it. And you and I have both probably done it in our 20 years where you thought I could have a go at this. And on the, and the very nature of yourself talk, I can have a go at this means I don't really know what I'm talking about and hopefully it will land. Then I think you're out of integrity. And I think that's different to imposter syndrome.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I mean, I think the other sort of the other thing for me um and just just sort of thinking back of some events that i've spoken at when you get um how do i put this what well, i'm going to call an amateur speaker so someone that's an expert on their subject but is isn't an expert at speaking to audiences I mean, not a
1: professional speaker yeah
0: as in as in they're not a paid speaker for the event they're they're someone that's maybe you know been in the audience in the past or is an in an, an industry expert of some description but they don't make their living you know getting up yeah. in front of audiences right some of the best people i've seen do that have actually opened by being honest about the fact that they're really nervous and they've never done this kind of thing before, because what they're really saying at that point is, you know, I know why I'm up here. I know why I've been asked to speak, but I'm really scared of speaking about this. And I know that a lot of you in the audience know as much as me, you know, and they're like people, and people, this is what I'm saying. People that own that vulnerability rather than put a pretense over it, I think give a much more powerful message than the ones that try and hide it and come out like all oh, 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 bolshy and, you know, like, oh, I know it all. And, you know, I don't know, they make their entrance on a on a scooter or something. You know, they do something to try and do some theatrics to take away from the fact that they've never done this before. It doesn't come across anywhere near as comfortably as if they just go, hey, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm new to this. Bear with me. Yeah, I might stutter a bit. I might mess up a bit, but I've got something worthwhile to say. There's a
1: yeah. the difference between being a paid professional speaker and being an industry speaker on a subject, but they're not used to being speaking in public. And I think we need to allow that for that bit of, uh, not gravitas, wrong word, a a little bit of leeway that they may not be polished, but they have phenomenal knowledge. I think there's a lot of professional speakers who are very polished. who have not got much knowledge.
0: Yeah. It's one of the interesting things that's come out in the, um, During all the COVID stuff, you know there are some speakers out there that are really good at fancy tech stuff, and they can, you know. And I I say this as as lovingly as I can. You're the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I I I got on without asking for a password.
0: Yeah, I I know. But what I'm saying is, some some people they're so good at the tech stuff and they can do all these whizzy graphics and all this kind of stuff, but haven't really got anything worthwhile to say. And then there is somebody, you know, like you. That actually put you in front of an audience, whether it's online, in a room, whatever. And who cares what your slides are? Who cares if there's a flip chart? Like they're going to get value anyway.
1: Well, you know? in my mastermind speaker group, on on a, on a different thing, three out of the five of us are very happy to use a flip chart doing Zoom compared to having slides dropping in and ecam and all that great stuff, because from an imposter syndrome. perspective, Position, now you're talking it from that line. We know what we're good at, and our content is good. Our slide creation and dropping bombs in and everything else, and these highlights, is not our style. However, we know it. So yeah. we want to give massive value and not say that we can do this other. You know, I love when Thomas says, we're going to share our screen and then we lose a bit of concept because we're doing some great stuff anyway the person who asked the question i hope we've answered your question for you and i hope we've given you enough knowledge to say carl rogers said it wonderfully he said who you are is good enough if only you could be openly yep so you know be you go out there Relax. There will always be someone who has their phone on Wikipedia or the internet to try and prove you wrong, because there's a small percentage of people, as we know, who have a vested interest in your life not working. But if you are genuine about your subject, have fun, be the best you can be, and 95% of the audience will love you.
0: And actually, you almost repeated the title of last week's episode, which was Be Your Brand Without Apology. You know, I think what you're basically saying is, is be you, don't apologize for being you, you know, be open, be vulnerable and and just do your best. And if you're doing your best, you've got nothing to feel an imposter for. You only got to be an imposter if you're trying to be something that you're not. And if you're doing you to the best of your ability, you're not an imposter. You might have a little bit of self-doubt. Everyone has that sometimes, you know, every presentation anyone ever gives. Every
1: time we come online here. Well, yeah, but you know,
0: every, every presentation everyone ever gives, there's actually three presentations always right there's the one you plan to give the one you actually give and the one you wish you gave everybody else only experiences one of those three
1: and there's the one they heard
0: and the one you and the one you think they heard and yeah Yeah. there's, there's all kinds of variations but you know in its simple terms you know there's that one presentation that you gave and that's the only one everyone else experiences so do it to the best of your ability don't beat yourself up too much don't worry too much and um you know done beats perfect. I, I think someone said that once. Um, maybe even wrote a book I don't on it. Who, but I'm sure yeah. it was great. Yeah, but maybe even the wrote a book on it. So. A
1: question, I hope we've answered it correctly. Let us know if you're happy with the answer, and if not, we'll do a better version next time.
0: Absolutely, and uh, we will see you next week.